Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to our show. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today when our discussion centers on movies called Incidental Gold by our guest, film critic Richard Jack Smith, and when our co-host is none other than award-winning movie critic Mac Bates. Now, Richard lives way across the pond in South Wales and contributes reviews to the Real Talk Movie Reviews website, I'm happy to say. And he writes freelance art and Mac writes freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I wish he wrote for Real Talk Movie Reviews and serves as a staff blocker for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. Both Richard and Mac have visited here before, and it's my great pleasure to welcome them again, beginning with Mac, who's co-hosting for the first time. Mac, thanks so much for agreeing to co-host with me today. Oh, thank you, Betty Jo. Thank you so much for asking me to do it. It's my uh, first time co-hosting anything, and uh, I'm excited. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Well, we are, too, so it's your debut and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I understand that you had a rather thrilling experience recently when you saw your name on the big screen. Am I right about that? Yeah, yes. Uh, last uh, week, uh, Thursday, I uh, was one of the uh, judges for the uh, 48-hour film project here in Milwaukee. You know, the 48-hour film project, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a uh, project that uh, um, takes place in several cities around the world, uh, where uh, filmmaking teams um, uh, pre-register and uh, they actually are given the assignment, the seemingly impossible assignment, to uh, create a, a film anywhere from four minutes to uh, a maximum of seven minutes over a, a 48-hour uh, time frame. So you have two days to make a film from you know start to finish. And you uh, turn in the wow. project, and uh, it's uh, shown along with other films, short films that uh, uh, other teams in your area made. And I was uh, asked by the uh, the um, local producer here in Milwaukee to uh, take part in the uh, judging process. And uh, uh, actually, before the um, the films were shown, they had a list of thank yous on the big screen, and, and I saw my name on on the screen at the uh, Oriental Theater. And if anybody knows anything about Milwaukee, the Oriental Theater is uh, it's a movie palace. You know, oh, if you're wow. from Milwaukee or if you're, uh, you know, familiar with the area in any any way, you know that that's the theater that everybody wants to have their film shown at if they're a, a filmmaker or an aspiring filmmaker or, you know, have worked at, at all in film. And, yeah, you don't well, see my name projected larger than life on that screen. That was the main house. That was, that was yeah, that was just, uh, that was amazing. It's, it's <laughs> exciting for you. And I, 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 I just am so glad that, that uh, with everything that you're doing that you could be with us today. And, of course, I'm also glad that Richard is here again this time to talk about his impressive list of incidental gold films. Yes. And uh, I want to thank you, uh, Richard, for um, 
for sending me uh, the, the list of the 10 movies that uh, you're planning on talking um, about today. And I want to welcome you back to Movie Attic Headquarters. Hi, Richard. Hi, Bay Joe. It's great to be back. <laughs> Well, we we always uh, love it when you're when you're on the show, and I've really been looking forward uh, to today's show. I know we're we're not going to have um, time to talk about all 75 films on your list, but I do want to read the list quickly of the 10 that you uh, have sent me that you you would like to discuss today, and what a diverse list it is. Yes, the it Day is. of the Jackal, the General. Now that's that's going way back, 1920s, I think. He Walked by Night, K2, The Last Samurai, The Miracle Worker, The Seahawk, The Shadow, Sideways, and Sweet Smell of Success. So what a list, and what a good time we're going to have talking about those uh, films. But before we uh, we get started. Let's check with Nikki Starr to see if she's ready to help with the show. Nikki, are all systems going in the chat room? I think Nikki must be multitasking. Let's let's see if we can get her get her on the line. Nikki, is the chat open and uh, ready for uh, people to yes. sign up? Yes, and there's a lot of people in there, and I'm so sorry. Yes, we're we're ready to go. Wonderful. I I. I, I get this little little version of the chat uh, on the switchboard, and I see that uh, that bull four is there. Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts. Yep. Cat from Wacko World. Cat uh, and I are both Wackettes. We we love the Wacko Bob show, and uh, the Wacko Network. Now I'm not sure. Well, Wacko Bob himself is there, so. Welcome, all the chatters. We we really appreciate the people who sign up for the chat, as well as our other listeners. But now on with the show, because Mac and Richard both have extensive knowledge about and a deep passion for movies. I'm especially happy to have them together on the same show. So, Mac, why don't you get things started? What would you like to ask Richard? Oh, well, my uh, the first question I definitely want to ask is, uh, what... What uh? When did you decide to become a filmmaker? What was the what was the impulse? Uh, I decided to become a critic, basically. A critic. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I had filmmaker yeah. on the brain. Well, I was going to get into filmmaking uh, as well um, when I came out of university, but I went through a difficult time in 2006. Uh, it was a bit up and down for me emotionally, and then uh, I'd, so I, I had a lot of time since then to reassess and thinking. 2007, um, I, I started writing about films again, and it just made sense, you know, to, just just to, to pursue that path, you know, of of, uh, of looking at films and thinking about them in a, you know, not not in a necessarily a deep way, but an accessible way. So, and then uh, I think going back to school, even uh, my English teacher Ishmael Lewis was uh, a big influence on my reading and writing because really before I could properly read, I was a bit of a late start with reading. Um, I got uh, I could read the subtext of a film like Blade Runner or you know something like that before I could I could properly read. So I think it was from a very young age, you know, it was ingrained in me in a way just to sort of look at film and understand what was happening. Did you take and, any uh, film study courses? Um, you yeah, know? in college I did uh, film studies and media studies. Uh, didn't particularly enjoy college university, I have to be honest. I made <laughs> all sorts of videos and stuff, but the feedback I got was 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 always negative, but not 
in a constructive way. It was so, so that was one of the things that didn't help uh, in terms of well, when I left university and I had a little bit of a meltdown and everything. So um, it, that was one of the factors that led to that. But I've I've gotten better since then, you know, and uh, just you know pick you know pick my feet up and you know and and got back on the horse and uh, and just carried on. Glad I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt here, Mac, but I forgot to mention that um, I'm glad that both of you decided to be film critics because every time I read one of um, a review by uh, one of you, I read it through and then I say to myself, "I wish I'd written that." The way you guys go after the film and, uh, and how you analyze it. And, and uh, Richard, uh, you know, I've told you this before, but uh, I would like the, the listeners uh, to know that uh, one of the things I, I just uh, love about your insightful and entertaining, entertaining reviews is the fact that you don't give away any plot de- details that would spoil uh, the movie for yeah, uh, moviegoers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get so tired of, the, you know, reading that this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And what you do is you go into everything, cinematography, directing, pacing, background music, dialogue, tone, cohesiveness, the theme and the and the performances – and uh, then, of course, you have such a, uh, a way with words, a fascinating way of expressing yourself that um, that makes uh, makes your reviews quite quite unique. So um, it, it's really it's really uh, great that you did become a film critic, and I feel the same way about uh, Mac. Well, uh, well, go ahead. I know you have other questions for Richard uh, Mac, so I'll t- I'll try not to interrupt until it's my turn. <laughs> okay, thanks. But uh, I certainly appreciate that uh, that uh, compliment. I uh, truly appreciate it. And I, I, like you, also can appreciate a uh, writer, a film critic, television critic, any critic who can review something and not give away uh, important plot details because I think a lot of people take delight in ruining the experience, unfortunately. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that's kind of like a prevalent thing going on, which I, I, I hope, you know, will, will be dialed back. Uh, quite a bit because it seems like anybody who has, you know, access to a computer can, you know, write a blog or, you know, put something up and, you know, ruin it for everybody else. But I'm hoping that that, that trend stops. But uh, my, my next question for you, uh, the, the one about, um, uh, you know, uh, film necessarily is uh, do you have a favorite film genre or a filmmaker? I like uh, action thrillers, a good drama, even a comedy. Um, as for... Uh, a filmmaker. I do like uh, the, the film composers who, like whether it's Jerry Goldsmith or John Williams. Although I do, I have recently got into more of uh, John Ottman's work. He's a, both a film editor and a film composer. He did Usual Suspects, among others. Um, I actually watched Usual Suspects again last night. It's, it's a brilliant film. I'd forgotten how good it was. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, I do like getting into film music. I collect, I collect film scores, and I've got quite a few in, in my collection, which I like. I enjoy listening. To it. I often put on a CD while I'm writing, actually, you know, and uh, getting to get to the atmosphere of of writing that way. Well, what is your favorite film score since you um, mentioned it? I like. Uh, I think it goes all the way back to when I was about seven or eight. Uh, Silverado by Bruce Broughton. Oh, okay. oh yeah. 
good one. Yeah, it was a pretty good score. Western yeah. score because uh, it's it's got the great main theme. It's got all the sub motifs. It, it, it's it's a, it's a complete score. It's, it's 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 just from start to finish. It's it's a complete tour de force, and I could listen to it every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about uh, John Williams' uh, score for The Accidental Tourist, another uh, film by Lawrence. Oh Hansen. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that score one, is yeah. it's it's beautiful and and it's quirky and it's yeah. it's you know when you hear it you know it immediately and I just I thought he did uh, of of everything that he's done he's done a lot of great work that that would be be my favorite. Uh, um, also, uh, what was what was you, the motivation for you compiling the incidental gold list and what and first what is uh what do you consider uh, uh, incidental gold in film? Like, what's the criteria for it to be incidental gold? It could be just like a random shot or an incidental piece of music, just something that doesn't really last last a, a moment. I would say, you know, just something like um, I guess a good example would be Long Good Friday, where uh, you got uh, that bit of music that plays at the beginning, um, that main theme. It, it, it was done on the synthesizer, which uh, is used again and again, and it, it, it's just a, that one little thing which. Draws you into the film, I guess you, you could say, but but it's but it's unusual and, and and unique to itself. It's not copying some other film or or something else. It's it's unique unto itself. Okay. Uh, and your and reason, I, I was wondering, um, I, 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 why uh, why did you decide to put this list list together? Richard. When I did the when I did my first book, uh, Magical Movie Moments, uh, three years ago, looking again at that list of it was basically a top 100 uh, list with reviews of each film, I, I, I found the writing very simplistic, you know, and uh, the, the choices were quite arbitrary, and I just wanted to bring it up to date, you know, just uh, but although it's, it's only 75 films this time, uh, just just to give it a different, you know, just just to show how I've progressed as, as a as a film goer basically you know because a lot of the films have fallen by the wayside you know uh, I looked at them again a lot of them and and they just didn't hold up as much I mean I, I believe taste of film can is a constantly evolving thing you know it's, it's not necessarily going to be set in stone you're always going to like a particular type of film really yeah well I was so um, I felt so honored when you uh, sent me the, your list, but in in book form with with a review for each one of the seventy five films that you included, and um, I know that the that the book is not um, ready to be uh, purchased by anyone, but I'm imploring you to find out a way to do that, and and I'm going to give the listeners a little touch here. Of what is what is so fascinating about the the way you the way you write, and then we'll we'll um, we'll go through uh, your list of ten that you wanted to talk about today. But my favorite on the, on the list of ten that you turned in is the Miracle Worker, the film about Helen Keller with Anne Bancroft and Patty yeah. Duke. No. And Mac, listen, listen to this. This is the opening paragraph to Richard's review. The screen opens on a shadow moving gingerly across a hallway. The music reverberates like the Bernard Herrmann's snowy village opening to Citizen Kane, only more emotional. 
In contrasty black and white, a Christmas bauble shatters without any sound on the floor. No single word by itself seems adequate to describe Arthur Penn's The Miracle Worker. Suffice to say, it's a moving, dramatic, subtle, and beautifully photographed picture. It's also the benchmark for all those willing and able to study its myriad pleasures. What an opening paragraph. So, yes, yeah, you, that is, I'll make it. Yeah, it takes you right back that, if you've seen it, or it will certainly will make you want to see it. Absolutely, and I want to see it again now because it's been a while since I said But that's yeah. the way all of these incidental, incidental gold uh, reviews are uh, make you want to see it again. Or if you haven't seen it, they you know makes you want to go out and find uh, and find a, a copy. So so let's let's turn our um, attention now then to to this list of of ten. Uh, for discussion purposes, I think we should maybe take uh, two at a time, and then Mac and I can can um, uh, shed some uh, share some comments after after you tell us why you've um, selected these films to be on your list of incidental gold films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, since I mentioned the Miracle Worker, Richard, what yep. would you like to tell us a little bit more about why that's on your on your list? Uh, my dad uh, introduced me to the film. Um, he, he remembered it from his his youth, um, seeing it um, in the 60s, and he remembered it being such a powerhouse in terms of acting. Um, when I saw the film, I really responded to the way it was put together, the editing of it. I think the guy who edited it was, uh, became a director. His name was Aram Avakian, and he was... Uh, it's, it's amazing how the camera lingers on things, but then he'll cut to something, and it, and it all feels like it's all one piece. It doesn't feel broken up and and chopped up. It's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a such an amazing piece of editing. I'm, 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 it's, it's really a shame that it didn't get nominated in that category back in 1962, when uh, I think it was Lawrence of Arabia which won that award, and as well as uh, several others. But uh, yeah, the, the the reason for picking the Miracle Worker is it, I just find it so moving. It's just brilliantly acted. And it touches the soul and so many moments in in the film. I mean, one could write a whole book about it. It's just it's just a masterpiece, in my opinion. Yes, it. it and you compared it to, with uh, Citizen Kane, and I thought that was that was uh, more, quite a high. Yeah, I actually find it more uh, more moving than Citizen Kane. I mean. Citizen Kane has all the bells and whistles, you know, the Greg Toland's camera work and the long dissolves and the miniatures and the very daring virtuoso camera moves and what have you, but it doesn't move me the way Miracle Worker does. Well, it's certainly a moving film, and um, kind of going to the other other extreme, I noticed um, Day of the Jackal. That's that's quite a contrast to the Miracle Worker. This this mm-hmm. is the the movie that was made in 1973. So, uh, yeah. why why this one um, made it to your list would be interesting to know. I've read pretty much everything um, author Fred Forsyth's ever written. I'm going back to Dogs of War. Odessa, including his more recent work, uh, The Cobra, just his attention to detail and how they were able to bring that to the screen. Uh, and just little moments like when he's practicing with his new uh, custom made rifle and there's no dialogue, it's just it's, it's pure visual storytelling. And it's it's things like that. And, and very little music as well, you notice in the film. It's, it's, it's all 
just you know sound effects dialogue or, or, or even just letting the camera tell the story and it's it's very effective and I've, I've always liked it going back about 15 years so i think I, I remember when i was in school i had to uh it's quite funny actually i i had to i did i, I did a drawing of the the rifle <laughs> oh. I, was, I was illustrating which, oh. what, what each part of the rifle was i can't remember what the assignment was it was, it was something to do with a visual aspect which we had to do in English class. Just remembered that then actually, yeah. yeah that was that was quite interesting. So so I was watching I was watching the uh the scenes where, where um he's talking about what he wants the, the ruffle to look like and everything and uh, well, what what he wants it to be made of and I incorporated all those details into my um presentation uh, when I was in school. Which was quite fun. Yeah and well, Edward Fox did was say brilliant that in that film. Yeah, and Edward Fox, uh, you really praised his performance, and and I love this. Uh, you you said that, that the ca- camera creates a visual symphony in Day of, ja- yeah. of Jackal of the Jackal, and you don't expect that in a, in a movie like that. Now I noticed that that well, we do have um, Nancy Lombardo from who's a, a wonderful uh, stand-up comedian and actress, and she's got a. Uh, hilarious show on blog talk radio and she's one of our loyal listeners and um so i'm going to ask you why you put the general one of buster keaton's movies on your list uh because i think that'll please uh nancy to hear a little bit about that movie that one was i didn't really know about until i saw the american film institute's uh, 10th anniversary uh, top 100 selection in 2007 and that was number eighteen, I believe, uh, the general. And so, so I sought it out after that and, and watched it and uh, loved it. Just, just again, just the, I, I, I've watched loads of silent movies, but that one really uh, struck a chord. And just the things he does with that train are just genius. I think the general is a train. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just—he's hilarious. He's hilarious in it, and I—I uh, I always, uh, when I watch a Buster Keaton movie, when I finish watching it, I'm exhausted with with laughter. <laughs> and I was glad you mentioned the high risk, yeah, the high risk stunts on the train. I—I I mean, that those were just fabulous, and he's—he's um, yeah. he's just one of my favorite. Uh, Film comedians now. I I didn't have know about him until Turner Classic Movies, and you know I just know that he was in a couple of uh, talkies, and and he really didn't come over too well. But then going back to his heyday in the silent films, he's just a genius. There's no doubt about that. Well, what about he walked by night? Now there's a contrast going from the general of hilarious comedy to to this uh, Richard Basehart thriller. He walked by night. I was surprised to see that on your list. I did um, university. I did a dissertation on cinematography, and I uh, did a lot of research into books on lighting, camera work for film. And one of the books I read was Painting with Light by John Alton, who photographed *He Walked by Night*. So I looked into a lot of his work after university, actually. But we're going, we're looking at something like 2006, 2007 again. And uh, so I watched *T-Men*. Uh, big combo, raw deal, and he walked by night, and he walked by night seemed to be the best of those, of those particular films. And I, I thought, at what, 79 minutes, an hour and 19 minutes, it was just so economical, and, and just the way it used voiceover and and situational uh, drama, and bringing you into the 
sort of like the, the parallel story of the police searching for this guy and and what his story was and and how it made you sympathise with him, especially when he's operating on his uh, on his wound because he gets shot at one point and just just the way it, it, it's and and also the lighting as well. Just just if you want to see great lighting for film, that he walked by night. I have I I know I've seen this back in the 1940s, but I haven't seen it since then. And after reading your, hearing you talk and reading what you wrote about it, I definitely want to see it. I, I like what you said about the screenplay. No fat exists to clog up the lean arteries of this screenplay. <laughs> I said, I've got to see that. <laughs> Another yeah, yeah, that. way with words, yes. So have you seen uh, He Walked by Night, Mac? Uh, yeah, actually, I've seen uh, clips from it. Uh, I remember back in uh, film school, I uh, was in a film studies class that was uh, about, uh, it was film noir. And the thing that really struck me about the film was, um, at first it was set, you know, filmed back in the, the late 40s. And, you know, me me being, uh, you know, uh, born in the, the latter half of uh, of the uh, 20th century, you just you, you just didn't think that they could do stuff in such a, a, a kind of like cinema verite style that far back. You you know, if if I if I if I was left to my own, you know, uh, knowledge at that point I would have thought that cinema verite started like in the seventies or eighties. You know, little did I know that they were doing this back as uh, as early as the twenties uh, and thirties with the you know uh, documentary um uh style and it, it it touched on that and I was I was fascinated and again uh the you know um Piggyback on what Richard was saying, the lighting in it was uh, I was I was struck by uh, what they were able to do, because you just you just didn't think, at least I didn't think anyway that that was possible, uh, you know, so long ago. But I was wrong, and I was I was glad to be proven wrong, and that there were artists, you know, uh, working in film as, as as far back as you can, uh, as far back as it, it's uh, been around. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. I I really have to see this again. I, Richard, uh, here's, a, here's something else you said about it in your review. You call it an obscure gold standard for film noir. So um, yeah. people who are uh, film noir fans should definitely take a look at He Walked oh, By Night. Well, what about oh, The Last Samurai? That was another surprise. Uh, yeah, that, that's this an is... interesting pick. Yeah. I, I think um, today, just my own personal opinion, no objectivity, purely a subjective thing. My, my favourite score of, of Millennium so far uh, by Hans Zimmer. And it's funny because since that film, his work is really, especially with, like recently with Man of Steel, I mean, I read a review, few reviews of that recently, film music reviews, and it's been given like one star out of five, and, it, uh, and it's just not good. But, but that film, um, Last Samurai, just subtle and powerful and has so many colors and shades and tones to it and and just such an emotional score as well and it uh, in places it just just touches you so deeply i, I find and uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of uh great scores since then but none that's really struck a chord like that one it was a, a very uh different type of role for Tom Cruise and I thought he did a good job in it but uh, I agree with you yeah and and yeah, when you now said he plays it so safe but yeah back then he was actually taking creative risks and I thought you know even if it wasn't entirely successful in most people's eyes well as they happen to people's eyes uh yeah. it, like he said it was a you know just uh it was it was a great it was a great way to uh you know showcase um 
that 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 sort of a narrative and the fact that he w- was who he was like he that he's the main reason the film got made in the first place and and the, yes. thankfully thankfully it was made so because it was something that I know. definitely needs to be seen. And Ken Watanabe, that's the first time I saw him. What a yeah. what a great actor. Yeah, yeah, he's gone on to do lots of films since. Um, uh, Memoirs of Geisha and uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, and uh, he was in Inception as well, I think, as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, I think it deserves uh, uh, recognition. The more I, I think about that uh, that movie, and I do appreciate it when actors take risks with their with the parts that they they play. So we should give uh, Tom Cruise props for that. And now yeah. jumping again back to the 1940s, the Seahawk with Errol Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was yeah. another surprise. <laughs> when when you asked me what which filmmaker I really like, I did forget to mention Eric Wolfgang Korngold, the film composer who like Max Steiner back in the day in the, in the early days of uh, film scoring really you know set the benchmark i mean we look at john williams these days as being like the king but when it all started max steiner and Korngold and alfred newman and all these other great uh, musicians and composers that they they wrote some beautiful stuff and and he and his score on seahawk is his masterpiece i think i mean he did Robin Hood and Captain Blood and oh. the uh, Elizabeth and Essex and I think he did uh, King's Row as well, which was a nice, nice score. But uh, the Seahawk is, is probably my favourite. Well, I grew up with those films, and I, I agree with you uh, that the Seahawk is is uh, one of the best and uh, sets a standard for all seafaring adventures, as you so wisely put it in in your in your review. But here's one that you're going to get some. Um, argument on because this morning I was on the Wacko Bob show uh Wacko Bob and his his uh, host today or co-host today was was Cat and um they gave me a chance to talk about today's show and I started I I listed these movies that we were going to be talking about and when I uh, said the shadow in the chat someone wrote the shadow stunk <laughs> <laughs> I forget who that is. I forget who that is. But, but at any rate, now why? This is the one with Alec Baldwin, right? That's correct. Yeah, it's at thirty-six uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Last time I checked, so it's oh. it's it's not uh, not widely liked. But I just find again, Jerry Goldsmith, the composer, just sort of brings it all together. And, and there's not. I mean, get back to what you were saying about what, why incidental gold as a title. There's some little things in it, like uh, uh, when uh, Tim Curry says to the actress in the film, you know, when are you going to come down and see my brilliant sphere? You know, it's just this little sly, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek things that I, I just personally for me, just I, I find quite whimsical and amusing about the film. I, I don't take it seriously. I, I think that's the one, one area which... Uh, I find I, I always have a bone of contention with other critics is they take films like that way too seriously when they're supposed to be enjoyed and they're supposed to be fun, you know. Yeah, for a popcorn movie, and I, I have yeah. to totally agree with him when he said that there are certain critics, they're, they're incapable of enjoying just mindless popcorn. Yeah. 
you know, and, and there's certain movies they they don't have a message. They're not trying to save the world. They're just trying to entertain the masses. And I remember yeah. I I saw The Shadow at the movie theater. I, I freely admit I went to go see it at the movies when it opened up. I think that was in the uh, summer of uh, summer of '94, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And, yeah, yeah. It was summer '94. And I have to admit I I dug it. Was it the best yeah. film I'd seen? No. But I, uh, you know, enjoyed uh, what uh, Baldwin did. I uh, like Baldwin did as the title character. I thought that uh, Tim Curry, you know, uh, is um, it, it, I that he, you know, he pretty much could do no wrong. You know, he's just kind of like the the, uh, yeah, the, sure. the master of the, uh, you know, the, the side eye and the, uh, you know, Baldwin. And you know, I just I thought I thought it was a fun movie. You know, was it was it anything that was going to change the world or you know win Oscars or anything like that? But guess what? Every movie doesn't have to be that. Some movies you just go to have a good time. Yeah, yes, like and Batman and Dick Tracy. Yeah, and and it's good to have some of those kind of movies on a on a list of incidental gold uh, movies. Yeah, but the yeah. list is not really intended to be like the best films ever made. Is it? Because mm-hmm. that's 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 for Yes, well, well, I, I, uh, I'm going to have to take another look at the shadow. I, I wasn't that impressed with it when I, when I saw no, no. it first, but I do change my mind on things. And, and uh, yeah. some of the movies that I really, really liked, and if I look at them, you know, years later, I said, what did I see in that? And then vice versa. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take another look at uh, the shadow. But, but you'll get very few complaints about um, Sideways, which is the next one on your mm-hmm. on your list. So, uh that's not a surprise to to have sideways on your list. Uh, what did you find most impressive about that film, Richard? Well, it's interesting because when I first saw it, I, I didn't really I I like I like Thomas Hayden Church in it when I first saw it, but I didn't like the film. I didn't like Paul Giamatti initially. It's one of those films I, I looked at again I I first saw it when it when it came out on DVD. Must have been about 2005 or 2004, 2005, and then a couple of years later, I looked at it again on DVD and enjoyed it more. And then I thought, oh, a couple of years later, a few more years went by, and I watched it again. And every time I seem to watch it, 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 it it's grown on me. It's, it's, it's a very funny thing. There are certain films which it's, it's like the next one coming up, um, Sweet Smell of Success. I mean, when I first saw that, the dialogue just went completely over my head. <laughs> I didn't Me too. understand it at all. <laughs> it's so streetwise, you see. And just, I think, what, what with, with Sideways, I read the screenplay first. And in the screenplay, there was a scene where there was a, uh, a road accident with a dog or something. And, and I thought, oh, God, they'd take that out of the film. And, and they did actually take it out of the film, which was which was wise, I thought. Yeah. Yes. So that, that, well, say that, that, yeah, that one. Go ahead, great. Mac. What did you think of Sideways? Sideways. When I first saw the film, I saw it after uh, it, you know it went through the whole award season rigor mode, so I didn't really get a chance to see it before you know won uh, you know pretty much every screenwriting award and a lot of acting prizes and uh-huh. nominations and whatnot. And me, I I actually enjoyed it. I thought it went a little over my head. You know, because uh, it, it's it's, an, it's certainly a very adult movie, and uh, it's uh, it's, it's subtle in in um, uh, n- numerous ways, and it's kind of you know over top in, in in certain other aspects. But um, I I enjoyed it. I liked it. I I thought the performances, particularly uh, Virginia Madsen, and um, oh, yes. and uh, Paul Giamatti, I thought I thought uh, I actually liked him initially. I didn't think like. When when they first paired those characters up, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the film, uh, they're they're kind of romantically paired up at a certain point. I just thought, no, I'm not buying this. But I liked them, 
And I thought, well, you know what? If 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 you know, if she sees something in them, so yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I just you know, I I thought, well, you know, this you know, gorgeous woman sees something, and there must be something there. So okay, I'll go along for the ride, even though initially I was like, nah. But uh, yeah, I, no. I, I thought, yeah, I thought of you know the script, um, which I have, I have, but I haven't read it. I, I got to read the script. I, I I think they published it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, and uh, it, it's 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 kind of like a. It's funny the film. I've always thought of it as kind of like a fine wine. It just gets better as it gets as the years go by. Because I've seen it a couple of times since then, and I've liked it even more the additional times I've seen it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. So I, that's that's how I feel. It's all it's about them in wine country, and much like wine, the, the film gets better as as it ages. And you know, that's and, what and, the and, Richard said. <laughs> it's reviewed too. But well, you know, the, this last movie uh, here. Uh, here's another phrase that you used, Richard, in your review, and um, I'm partial to this sweet smell of success because it's um, uh, Tony Curtis uh, not in his type, you know, he's not playing his usual role, romantic role, but I liked this statement, you called the sweet smell of success the cinematic equivalent of hard-boiled poetry. And uh, that really does, uh, you know, uh, hit the nail on the head with with that uh, with that particular film. And uh, yeah. my goodness, the time is just going by so fast. I wanted just to mention uh, and tell you, uh, Richard, that I was so pleased that you put so many of my favorites on your 75. Now I know we can't uh. mention all 75, but here are some of my favorites that you included: Gladiator, L.A. Confidential. Salt. I think that that didn't get the credit that it it deserved. Yeah. As good as it gets, Cinderella Man, U571, and Lawrence Fishburne's Othello, and oh, The yeah, Quiet was, Man. Yeah. So those, and that's just the tip the tip of the iceberg. But I have a bone to pick with you, Richard. Oh, <laughs> there's no musical. There's not a musical yeah. in this list of 75 now. If I forced you or somebody forced you to include a musical, what would it be? An American in Paris. <laughs> Gene Kelly. Okay. Yeah, I've always liked All that. All forgiven. All forgiven. I yeah. can hear it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting for that question. <laughs> yeah, well, I was hoping you'd say Singing in the Rain, but uh, American in Paris yeah. is is yeah. a good one, and maybe maybe you need to do another list, a list of incidental gold musicals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and please put uh, Singing in the Rain on that. Yeah. Well, d- uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Sweet Smell of Success? I did move th- move through that rather rather quickly. It's another one like He Walked by Night where just the black and white aspect, because I love black and white films. I mean, when I've Me worked in, I've done still photography, uh, digital still photography, um, I, I, love, I love taking pictures in black and white, funnily enough. I, I don't shoot them in color. I, 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 I switch to the grayscale set on my on my camera and take pictures in you know, straight black and white. And uh, getting back to Seussman's success, uh, James Wong Howe was the cameraman on that, and he... He did a great job. I mean, just if 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 you could be defined by one film, that that would be a great calling card because it uh, has all the elements of uh, contrast and depth of field and all these as- uh, photographic aspects that are so important in, when you're when you're filming a movie. Yeah. 
Yes, it it really did have it did have all of all of that, and that's another one that I would like to to see again. And that's one of the things about this list that you put together. There, I, I mean, I mean, it's so diverse, except with except where the musicals are concerned. But it you've got <clears throat> fantasy, drama, comedy, westerns, and you've even got a couple of uh, of romantic movies, romantic uh, comedies, and, and there's some. Yeah, and and I either want to see the ones that I've seen over again after going through this list, or I want to uh, I want to see the ones that you mentioned that I that I haven't seen. So I'm hoping that that uh, this list gets uh, gets more attention, and that you're you're able to make sure that uh, many many people see it and uh, we we're glad to be be able to to help you help you do that. I cannot believe how fast the time has gone. It's just been such a treat to talk with with both of you. Thank you Richard for being such a wonderful guest and Mac you've been an excellent co-host. Can can I uh, call on you too uh, again soon in the future? Absolutely, it must be my pleasure. Yes, absolutely mine too. Wonderful, but I think it's time to wrap things up. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as a staff pick. Now, that will show up on Blog Talk Radio tomorrow, and that really um, is something that we appreciate. And to Nikki Starr for all she does to make Movie Addict Headquarters a success. Special thanks to our chatters and other listeners. We've had a wonderful chat room today and i uh, just appreciate i see that eddie has uh, signed in and again thank you to nancy lombardo from comedy concepts eddie cat the wacko network and wacko bob for um tuning in and for participating in the in the chat we really do appreciate it and uh, of course we appreciate all our other listeners we hope that everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did, and I learned a lot. Please come back next time for our James Cagney tribute with film historian James Colt Harrison and classic movie guide founder Diane, Diana Sanger. We'll be talking about Yankee Doodle Dandy, and you know, it'll be July 2nd, and so this is going to be a uh, 4th of July prequel. And we'll be also talking about lots of other great uh, Jimmy Cagney films. And I think uh, the Mad Movie Man might even join us. It should be another fun show. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. And I will mention that uh, Richard Richard's reviews of The Hobbit, Black Hawk Down, Speed, Unstoppable, and The Day of the Jackal, are, uh, which are all films on his uh, list of incidental gold films, can be found on our Real Talk Movie Review site. That's all for now, folks. So here's Brian Ferry to take us out with a song that always reminds us how great movies can be, and I'm sure you'll recognize it right away. Remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply 
Die. 